Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Steve and I are on vacation. We're finally, finally taking some time off. Well-deserved, I think, don't you? But we don't just play the best of, mm, not on Sports Day, Tampa Bay. There's no syndication on this podcast. That's why we pre-taped some podcasts last week for you. Now, that's just in case some things might have changed in the interim, but please enjoy this extraordinary content that you're used to from Sports sport, But please enjoy this extraordinary content you're used to from Sports Day Tampa Bay. There's no Alex Kalorn, there's no Patrick Maroon, there's no Ross Colton. So who's going to replace those men and what does it mean for this Lightning team? We're going to talk to Eduardo Encina, the beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times who covers the Lightning on this edition, part 1 of our conversation on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I want to tell you how to save money on your electric bill. That's right. It's May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 13 years. There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. How long? Will they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty? Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install, and they will customize it to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So you know who is doing the job. Those are Billy Mays guys up there. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances through every storm season. Contact May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. You know that the uh, NHL season is not that far away, even though we'd like it to be because it seems like they just ended with the Stanley Cup. But Eduardo Encino, who hasn't been with us for a while, has been busy writing about some of the departures, some of the arrivals of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and there are some big names headed in both directions. And so uh, Eduardo joins us now. Buddy Cop, you've been busy, and the Lightning have been busy, and a lot of some really key players, uh, guys that have had such a large stamp on these um, you know, these Stanley Cup uh, runs here in the last few years uh, have departed. Let's start there, if you don't mind, with Alex Kalorn, who's actually been with the Lightning longer than Steven Stamkos in terms of the organization. But uh, this guy, I think we all sort of felt like they'd have a tough time signing him. And, in fact, he took a four-year, $25 million deal with the Anaheim Ducks. What can you say about the impact sort of Kalorn has had and just how difficult a decision that was, I know, for him and certainly for the Lightning? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, there was no doubt that Alex wanted to stay. You know, I think Alex kind of adopted – Tampa Bay is his second home. You know, he, he obviously is from Montreal, but he's been here for so long, you know, 11 seasons at the NHL level. And like you said, you know, in the room, he always kind of bragged about being the longest tenured lightning player because he was drafted a year before Steven Stamkos. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it, 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 it was tough for him, but then, you know, when you look at, you know, what the market, what exists in the market, 
and you know him being 34 probably playing for his last contract um you know you've got to make some tough decisions there and and you know i i don't i think everyone kind of knew you know could read between the tea leaves here that it probably wasn't going to work you know just just looking at at the numbers you know like yeah the lightning going in had about you know i think 7.325 uh in, in, in cap space, million in cap space. Right. And Os Kalorn ended up getting an, an annual uh, average annual value of 6.25 a year, you know, so that's, yeah. you know, almost stocking it up in one guy. And obviously you have to fill some other holes there. So, um, you know, it, it's tough. I actually talked to Julian Breezeball about this yesterday and, you know, he's had to have some tough conversations, whether it's with Alex or Pat Maroon or Corey Perry, all guys who were really part important parts of this organization. And I think the fans know that, you know, not just on the ice, but in the room and um, all kind of leaders in a different way and, and, and be, you know, key pieces to what made this team really, really good and really strong, you know, and, um, and, and a consensus Stanley Cup contender. So, you know, I asked him about, he was kind of talking, he was like, you know, it's really not about me, but it's like, you know, you're, you're trying to tell these guys in some way that, you know, how much you appreciate them. And, but also that, you know, a move might be better for them. And like I said, like that's, that's more, you know, the, the other guys I'm sure we're going to talk about who got traded, but you know, with Kaloran's case, you know, it was a tough decision on him. You know, it, he, he could have taken a shorter term, uh, a shorter uh, value, longer term deal. But, you know, when you look at what he was probably offered, which is like, you know, in the 2 million, you know, range, like for like eight or so years, like, that just isn't going to work, you know, like right. it just, just, just the, the market doesn't allow that, you know? And so, um, but th- what they miss is, you know, I know they missed a lot when they lost Andre Palat last year, but I really think they're going to mm-hmm. miss even more with Kalorn just because everything that he does on the ice, you know, um, and obviously fitting, you know, that, that, you know, top six power forward role, you know, a guy who plays in front, you know, he can score, you know, in front of the net uh, power play guy, you know, big time PK guy. So he kind of did a little bit of everything for them and that's not easily duplicated. I think that, you know, you know, you would think naturally that Tanner, Janot would kind of fill in that role or, or, you know, fill that spot at least on the, on the top six. Um, But, you know, I mean, we saw how well it's hard to create synergy, right? We talked about, you know, over the years, how, you know, that third line of the, the Gord line, you know, of Coleman and Goodrow, how, you know, those guys just started clicking and, and, and they kind of formed this identity line, you know, and I honestly think that, you know, the past couple of years since the playoffs, you know, probably since the Eastern Conference finals in, in, in 22 is that the line of uh, Hagel, Sorelli and, and Kalorn really kind of served as that for this team. You know, they were so huge in a lot of different ways. They could score, they set the pace, they were great on the four checks, solid defensively, um, could match right. up against top lines. So, you know, I, I really think they're going to they're going to miss that and they're going to have to figure out another way who else fits in there, you know, um, with those other two guys. I mean, like I, I, I hold no secrets that watching Anthony Sorelli and, and, and Brandon Hagel play is one of my favorite things of covering this team. But just by the way they play a two way game and the way they just chase the puck around. Um, but Alex Kalorn was a big part of that because he was a guy who was getting, you know, f- flexing the muscle, playing behind the net, you know, getting in the corners, digging out pucks all that kind of stuff that, you know, you really, you know, it doesn't go on a stat sheet, but it's definitely, right. you know, has incredible value to a team like the lightning. 
Yeah, and, and the leadership in the room and all of that. And he, and he hit it right because he had, I think, a career-high 27 goals. Absolutely. Um, and, and, that's, and that's another thing, Rick, to, to mention, too, is like when guys reach this age and they reach this point of free agency, most of them are trending downward, you know. Right. And Alex Corn was one of the rare ones, and I think this is one of the reasons he got rewarded pretty well is that mm-hmm. he's one of the rare ones who, who, who trended where, upward. And he, he, One thing about Alex that I don't know if many people, a lot of people know, and they all know that he went to Harvard, but he is legitimately a smart guy. And he did you know, he talked, you know, in his exit interviews about how much, you know, he focused on certain things. You know, that's how he improved. You know, he really invests a lot more in, in studying game film, you know, improving his skating, stuff like that, that, you know, guys kind of think of when they're trying to break in, but maybe not so much when they're established. And Alex was never really satisfied and wanted to get better as, as, as he, you know, as he progressed in his career. And like I said, that's a rarity. You know, you look at a lot of these names up on the boards and, yeah. you know, there's big names, but a lot of those guys are really kind of trending downward in their careers, whether it's because of injuries or, you know, skill, stuff like that. Look at one thing, also mentioned Alex Kalorn. I think he's only missed four games in the past, four regular season games in the past uh, four seasons, I think. So wow. obviously dur- he was durable. He had that big injury in the in the playoffs. He broke his tibia and tried to come back, I think, in a couple of years ago. But as far as regular season goes, he's probably one of the most durable guys out there, especially playing the physical game that he does. Dude tried to play with a broken leg. <laughs> he yeah. thought nothing of it. Um, I, here's here's maybe even a bigger question, and I and I think you know Kalorn hit it just right. I think there was a general understanding that because of the year he had, and and look, teams are looking for guys who have won a Stanley Cup the way um, that that the Lightning have been. We'll talk about Pat Maroon in just a minute, yeah. but the key question is: Will Doc talk continue? And is there a guy who should be credited more for? Uh, Branding Tampa Bay World Championships with a boat parade than Alex Kalorn. Yeah, it's funny. Like uh, the the imagery of what we. I mean, I think one thing that that the past week or so has really prompted amongst the fans and even us who cover the team is like this nostalgia. You know what I mean? We we think back to the yeah. boat parade. We think back to you know what it was like being in Amelie Arena. Obviously, watching them in the bubble and then being in Amelie Arena and watching them, you know, lift the cup up and skate around and you know. I think, you know, when it's, when you're in the moment, like you probably don't, you know, you might take it for granted a little bit, you know, sure. and, and now I think everyone's kind of thinking about that. Um, and the players included the ones who are here and the ones who've left, but, um, but yeah, Alex, you know, whether, whether it was doc talking and, you know, doc talk, everyone thinks about, is, you know, that was such a product of the pandemic. Right. You know, and, and it was right. that, that, you know, that, you know, people, if, if, when, when sports came back, if it was, if it was important for sports to come back, to get people back to like normal, like in, uh-huh. in Tampa Bay's own little way, like doc talk and what Alex did was, you know, was a part of that. And, you know, I yeah. think, and again, Alex is a really smart guy. And I think he knew the value of that, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, getting back to it, whether it was for his teammates or for the, the fans too. And, you know, I, I, I always talk to him about doc talk coming back and, you know, it became so big. I think that, the NHL wanted to brand it and everything like that. And, and Alex kind of like backed away from it. Cause he was like, nah, I kind of want this to be like our thing, you know? And so, yeah. but there's no doubt that I, I mean, the, these guys, I mean, whether it's this group or, you know, the, the ones before, you know, whether it's guys like, you know, you know, Vinny and, and, and Marty who, who have, you know, still remained in the area for the most part, you know, I think you know Alex is going to be a Tampa Bay guy. You I mean he's 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 not he's not moving away from here. I don't think you know no. um, he might get a house. He probably should certainly get a house in Southern California. But you know I, I think he's one of those guys that like he loved Tampa Bay so much and everything about it. And you know I mean you know this Rick is that 
the one thing about about this area is that these guys could kind of be themselves. And I think yes. you know, whether it's, you know, being in, in, in the wintertime and wearing shorts, um, which mm-hmm. is probably rare for a lot of the, you know, the Canadian guys, but also, you know, they all kind of lived around each other on Davis Island. They went to the same mm-hmm. coffee shops, saw the same people every morning. You know, they were the guys who like, you know, walk by and wave to you on the way to get breakfast. So, you know, I think they all really, there, there's, there's a certain value to that. And it's, it's, it's actually, you know, a big part of why, that room was so close. And I think that's why it's going to be tough moving forward for a lot of these guys who are still here. You know, um, I, mean, I know we're talking about, about Pat in a second, but like when we were talking, to, when talking to him after the trade, you know, he was with Ryan McDonough who knows exactly what that feels like to get that call from Breezeball, you know, yeah. and they were kind of joking around and like looking at the photo of like, you know, the, 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 the cup team in the bubble and how many guys are, X'd out now, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, there's only nine guys left from that team now. And, you know, really, you know, Zach Bogosian was there for the first one, but not the second one. But, you know, it's definitely, you know, guys are going to look in the room when they're reporting to training camp this year. And definitely it's going to be a little bit different. And I think, you know, obviously Andre Palat, you lost him last year. You lost Bar- Goodrow, Coleman and, and Gore the year before that. But I really think this one's going to be a different hit because, I really think that you kind of kind of can sense a changing of the guard here, um, and, and it's gonna it's gonna feel a little bit different. And they're gonna need a little bit more leadership from other places too. Yeah, the guy who uh, did his directorial debut uh, with the um, the jet skis, kind of a parody of uh, yeah. the Mighty Ducks, is now headed to the Mighty Ducks. So, uh, life imitating art there a little bit. Um, you mentioned Pat Maroon, and 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 listen, I I think. And we all remember this, you know, the Lightning had won the President's Cup. They got swept by Columbus. They didn't have, I don't believe at the time, Eduardo, a uh, a member on the team who had actually hoisted a cup before. And here comes Pat Maroon. Um, yeah. and, and what he imparted on them, of course, the big rig personality and all of that. Um, again, another another tough guy to replace. I think most of us see maybe if not the decline, but like don't know how many more years uh you know, he has left in him. I mean, he was dealt essentially kind of a salary dump in a way for right. a seventh round pick. Um, but again, another huge part of these three Stanley Cup appearances. And it was ironic that he's sitting in Minnesota, in, in Wisconsin yeah. um, with his former teammate who's with the Wild, correct? Well, he's with Nashville now, but he has. Oh, he Nashville has a, now. Yeah, that's right. He has that and So he'd gone through a similar experience with the call from Breezewas or the text saying, call me right away. Yeah. And, 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 and McDonough's, a, he's a Twin Cities guy. He grew up in the same Twin, Twin Cities, played, um, you know, played high school hockey. I think he was a Mr. Uh, Mr. Hockey in, in, in Wisconsin, but I mean, in, in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, it, it is ironic in, in that sense. And I think that, you know, Pat was saying that it's, you know, it's good to have your friend there when your best friends there, but it's also sure. better to have someone who knows exactly how the, what the feeling's like, you know? Mm. And you know, th- th- those calls are tough because especially when you're getting traded, you know, it's, it's one thing in Killorn's situation, you know, they're, they're, he knows his value. Right. But when, right. when you're, you know, in your mid, mid to late thirties and you know, in your mind that you've got more in you, um, mm-hmm. it's about two things. It's about being somewhere where you're wanted and it's about right. proving that you still have it. And, right. you know, for Maroon, you know, I think, you know, I, you know, as much as like the, the nostalgia of like losing two really like good bench guys in terms of mm-hmm. like Pat Maroon and Corey Perry, like those were the guys that 
you know, the, the term is, you know, everyone stands a little bit taller when you're around those guys, you know, and like you said, there's, there's no mistake that there's no doubt that Pat Maroon added an edge and, and sandpaper and grit to the team that they didn't have, you know, yeah. in that, in that president's trophy year. And, and it rubbed off on everyone. And another thing that Pat Maroon did was, I think he was a really good mentor for the younger guys. I think he would, you could talk to guys like Ross Colton and some of the other guys who came up in the past couple of years. And they would say that Pat was the guy that kept the room together. And he, you know, he made sure that, you know, the younger guys who maybe didn't, you know, you, you, you walk into that room and you, you see hall of famers. Right. Yeah, and yeah. you know, that can be intimidating, but guys like Pat who probably isn't a hall of famer, I'm sure he'll be a, you know, he might be a, he'll probably be a, a lightning hall of famer at some point, but sure. you know, you know, maybe he is a Hall of Famer. He's got three cups, but, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, he was a guy who kind of brought those guys in and was like, listen, you're a part of this team. You're a part of this family. You know, let's all hang out and stuff like that. And, and McDonough and, and Maroon actually were two of those guys. You know, they mm. you know, they were constantly barbecues at, at McDonough's house. You know, Pat was always bringing yeah. the, the younger guys out, you know, so someone else is going to have to be that, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I think that's the one thing that maybe people don't think about when you, when you lose these guys is that, you know, there, there's no there's no real statistic to, to test to gauges that value. But I think in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, when you look at that fourth line, they wanted to get faster. They wanted to get better defensively. And I think they feel that what they've done now with the, the additions they made, you know, does that. And, and when, when, it, when it comes to Pat, you know, I was talking to Julian about those kind of conversations. And he was saying, like, you know, he's probably not going to get the minutes that he's gotten here now, you know. And so – Go. We're putting you in a situation where you can go somewhere where you're going to get those minutes and continue your career and be able to show what you can do, you know. And you know, Pat Maroon's game is obviously a unique one, but um, it'll be interesting because, like, you know, it does put like to me. To me, when I look at at the roster, this does put a lot on Tanner Janot because one, he's got to be kind of that power forward guy that Alex Kalorn was, and he's got to kind of be that tough guy, you know, enforcer mm-hmm. type that that Pat Maroon was. So. That's right. Um, that's a lot to ask for a guy who, you know, just joined the team, you know, a few months, you know, before the playoffs started. Um, but, but they believe in that. So, but again, like the big things here were, you know, when you talk about the hockey part of it is, you know, trying to get a little bit better defensively, trying to, uh, and trying to get faster. You know, I, I, I'm sure that a lot of the people who, you know, and, you know, who, who, who were, you know, kind of complaining about the Maroon and Perry, you know, uh, trades are probably the same ones that were complaining about how slow the fourth line was. <laughs> so, you know, in, in that context, you kind of, you gotta, you gotta give a little too. So, um, right. but yeah, that, I think that that's kind of where they sit right now in terms of, you know, why they did that. And, but of course, obviously the, the human element of it never really, uh, you know, is also there, obviously. You met, you mentioned, uh, um, you know, there's going to have to be now some guys whose voices get louder in that room. There's still plenty of leaders, let's be honest. But but who kind of looks like they're on the cups? Is it Sergachev? Is it maybe Braden Pointer? Even Nikita Kucherov could could he do more in a leadership role? Yeah, well, I mean, like you look at the guys who, you know, who wore the A's last year, and you know, you lose a couple of them in Kalorn and Perry. So, um, you know, Kucherov wore started wearing the A, uh, yeah, last year. So you would think that he's going to be a guy who's going to have to step up a little bit more in that leadership role, and he leads a little bit differently, you know, like. Yeah. He's he's not the most vocal guy in, in the in the locker room, but he is definitely a guy who takes players under his wing. I think you could talk to guys mm-hmm. like, you know, Brandon Hagel, and 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 he would tell you how much Kucherov's helped him. Nick Paul, guys like that. And, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, 
Mikhail Sergachev is one of those guys who has that kind of leadership personality um, in a low key kind of way. Uh, Anthony Sorelli does as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and, and you know, you, when we talk about the you know proverbial changing of the guard, those are the guys. You know, those are the yeah. guys that that this team has really kind of invested in for the long term. You know, Sorelli and, and uh, Sergachev, obviously, I think in their first year of their um, you know eight year extension. So, those guys mm-hmm. are going to be here. You know, and um, so I think naturally those are the guys that are kind of starting to, you know, gradually, you know, become a little, have a little bit more of a voice in the room. Um, I think both of those guys are good, I mean, especially, um, you know, Sorelli and, and Sergachev. I think both of those guys are, are prime for it. I think it's it's part of their their makeup. And, you know, it's tough when you're, like I said, you walk into a room and you got Steven Stamkos and Alex Kalorn and, you know, Victor Hedman and, you know, <laughs> you know, Vasilevsky and Kucherov, all these, you know, big name players, you know, but um, I think that's a big reason why it's important to make some new guys and younger guys feel comfortable. And they've done a really good job of that over the years. So I think, you know, the whole emergence of some of these other guys is, is, is a natural one. Yeah. It's part of the development and uh, of the team and, and, and then giving them the opportunity to, to go beyond uh, just the ice. All right. This guy, um, <laughs> this hurt the family. Uh, my, my 14 year old daughter is a big fan for obvious reasons of Ross Colton, who isn't a yeah. bad looking chap. Um, and he was a restricted, uh, free agent. But I was a little surprised. I mean, there was a time when I thought Ross Colton was huge in their plans, and yet they they trade him for the number thirty seventh pick in the draft, uh, which they probably needed since they didn't had traded away all their draft picks. But um, so so why is Ross Colton uh, not a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning right now? So I think it's twofold. I think you know this time last year, you know, I think Julian Breesbaugh really wanted to extend you know Ross Colton, and then then there was even conversation of of that kind of talk, you know? Um, but obviously, like I said before, you know, they, they put, they made huge investments in Sorelli, Sergachev and Alex Chernak, you know, huge, right. you know, eight year extensions. So you can't keep everyone. Right. Um, right. And then the season played out and um, Ross Colton basically played his way into a pretty significant raise. And, um, you know, I think when they looked at what he was going to make in, you know, the through the arbitration process that restricted free agents like him get, uh, yeah. that they weren't like I was actually wondering whether they were going to tender him and you know a qualifying offer, you know, right. and, and I think that you know it, it came to they did do that, but it came to fruition that they traded him before the, the you know the uh, the draft to get a pick. Um, so in that context too, like there's two things. One is. And, and this is something that to follow as, you know, years go on here is the, the, the one thing, one of the things that they focus on is getting get great players at good contracts. Right. And you can, you can look at that like throughout the board, you know what I mean? Like pretty much everyone is playing, no matter what they're making, they're playing, you know, they're getting probably less than what their market value is right at this point. So one, when you have those long-term contracts, you know, and you're trading away draft picks, you're, your contracts almost become the assets, you know? And so right. with Colton, they had his rights still. They could move him to get a draft pick. And, you know, that's that's kind of what they did. You know, they, they figured that they weren't going to be able to pay him. And we know how much of a crunch it was just to fill out the roster. You know, when, when we look at what they were able to do, I mean, I think, you know, they filled six, seven spots 
And only one of those guys is making more than a million dollars. So exactly. and Ross Colton was definitely going to make more than a million dollars next year. So because um, he made, I think, one point one two five this year, he was looking at mm-hmm. you know a significant raise, like I said. So um, it just wasn't in the plans. And he was just kind of the odd man out. And there's no doubt that Ross Colton adds a lot. You know, they 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 felt that, you know, I'm, they, they felt that he was a better they were a better team with him at the trade deadline because they could have traded him at the trade deadline, too. Um and then also, too, the other part is that when you bring in Tanner Janot, when you invest that much in him in terms of what you gave to get him in terms of all the draft picks, you know, right. first through fifth, basically, like mm-hmm. you're not going to let him go anywhere, especially with the need that now you have for him in those kind of roles. And again, you know, this kind of all goes back to and I'm saying I'm not saying that Ross Colton was a, a poor defensive player because I like his style and the way he played, you know, especially, you know, he played a pretty heavy game, but um the whole purpose of some of these moves is to get better defensively and get a little bit faster. And I think that, you know, the one thing that this team did, that the front office and the management did not like is how many, you know, chances against they were allowing and, yeah. you know, high, high leverage chances against. And that put, you know, that might have exposed Andre Vasilevsky a little bit. And that might have, you know, exposed some of the defensemen a little bit. And I think with retooling the bottom six the way they have, they look they're, 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 they think that that they're a little bit better in that space and and also too that those bottom six can play minutes that can take the stress off of the top two lines that they don't have to do those matchups that they have had to do you know in the past or recently in the past couple of years hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, part two of our conversation with Eduardo Encina. More about the Tampa Bay Lightning coming up. The Rays are preparing for their series coming up in a couple days at Kansas City. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.